I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB. Andrew here, joined by Annette. Annette, you just whispered before we started that. <laughs> what a week, I tell you. Standing on your feet, presenting that last hour here at Osby's was a struggle. We uh, we thought this week would be all about the Fed, but I think that ended up being like number five on the list at the end of the day. Yeah, well, of course, you know, we had that sell at the beginning of the week, uh, triggered in part by Evergrande. Did we see that coming? I guess, you know, the cracks were there in the Chinese property market, weren't they? Well, it is. And I mean, I've been covering China on and off for decades and the whole world always waits for it to implode under a weight of debt. So to me, this is just the latest example of uh, Western investors getting nervous about uh, about China property. But it really boiled down to are they paying their coupons or not? And that really gave us day-to-day volatility over the course of this week. Uh, we did bounce yesterday. It paid a coupon payment. But now we're worried about Will it pay tomorrow's? <laughs> yeah, it's still a lot to be resolved there. But I think, you know, consensus is that it's pretty much contained in China. Mm. There won't be broader ramifications unless, of course, we do get a significant crash in the Chinese property market. Then, of course, we're going to see the flow on effects, you know, particularly as far as demand for Australian resources are concerned. Yeah, we, we had a lot of people over the course of the week sort of slowly chipping away at our actual do- direct link to Chinese properties, actually rather thin in terms of the economics. But of course, you know what it's like with these things, Andrew. It's the contagion, it's the market nerves, it's the who's the next Evergrande. But uh, I guess one takeaway I, I thought was, look, it, as in other people saying this, of course, is let it fail, let the people have their houses, let the investors cope with uh, the debt fallout because at the end of the day, Xi is worried about his people. He's not worried about offshore investors. Yeah, it's about, um, well, you know, giving, as you say, a roof over the, over the head for, uh, for the Chinese people. Um, Annette, let's just uh, reiterate where we finished the day. I think we were off just over or just around half a percent on the, on the broader index. Uh, once again, resource stocks, particularly the gold miners, hit today. I don't know about you, but I've been speaking to so many analysts, particularly those who like gold, is saying, no, no, it's 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 a great place to be. <laughs> Get in now because uh, there's only one way to go. Yeah. But it's not coming. No, actually, I kicked off today with uh, with Carl Kapalinga, of course, on a Friday morning. And he said he was interested because he listens to Osby's constantly. Uh, we, we love Carl. And he said all he hears is people saying, buy gold, we're nervous, the VIX, the Evergrande. And he said no one's buying. And so his technicals are telling him that, you know what, Gold is not your friend right now. So it's, uh, it seems like the gold bugs have to have a very long-term investment view because this week was not good for gold. Yeah, mind you, some of those stocks are looking particularly cheap. But as you say, I'll start the week with Carl 
Um, and he, uh, he looks at the sectors and the trends and uh, gold is flashing red every week at this point. <laughs> uh, one sector, though, of course, that is doing well is energy. And, you know, once again, I guess that's reflecting where the oil price is going at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's the oil price. And we had a couple of people this week really highlighting that energy crunch uh, over in the UK. Of course, the BOE met this week and they talked about inflation, supply constraints. And so oil looks like it's going to go higher in the near term because, let's face it, thanks to ESG pressure from investors, there's no net new supply. And so we, and of course, we're heading into the northern uh, hemisphere winter as mm. well. So I'm starting to hear that oil is certainly the place to be in the near term. Well, of course, that feeds into inflation. And interesting, Cara has her view today just on that picture we're seeing emerge out of the UK at the moment. For heaven's sake, you can't get a, a KFC chicken wing or a McDonald's milkshake. Yep, no, and let alone Tim Tams or anything here from Australia. I mean, we're already, I think we are talking about shipping last week and now we've gone from shipping to oil. And of course, the oil crisis started with a truck driver's strike, a, a pipe broke in Kazakhstan. I think I began the week with um, James Whelan saying the proverbial butterfly wing over here is creating a problem um, over there. But I know a lot of our analysts here on Ausbiz have said that oil has very strong short-term fundamentals just because we need it and we need it now. And in fact, my afternoon conversation was oil could be back to 80. Yep. Whereas iron ore, which is oil the new iron ore, given which, way, <laughs> which directions they're going at the moment. Uh, but iron ore, interesting that some seeing iron ore as cheap Historically, you could argue otherwise, but seeing it as a buying opportunity. We spoke to Tim Haslam from Catapult Wealth. Uh, he's liking Rio at the moment. He is? Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's one of those things where if you just sort of join the market and you think iron ore at 200 bucks is normal, uh, some of us who have been around for a while know that actually we've seen iron ore at, at $38, $40. Uh, and that is why BHP, Rio, the majors, that's why they can dig it out for less than 20 because they've seen iron ore at low levels so they got their costs under control. So whether iron ore is 200 or 100, it is literally free cash flow for the majors. I guess I should clarify. I think Tim's actually more comfortable holding Rio, saying that okay. he sort of trimmed earlier. So you, know, you had to get in to do that, didn't you, earlier? Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously seeing where that iron ore price is going at the moment. Uh, Annette, uh, also we're watching, of course, given that with the reopening play, what's going to happen with retail and, um, you know, particularly as far as those companies that have a good stake in retail property and where that's going to go, a bit of uncertainty there still. It is, and I guess while we have a roadmap here in New South Wales and to an extent in Victoria, I think, you know, Queensland and WA, it's a matter of if, like when, not if, when it comes to COVID and retail. So I guess that's why there's still money in online e-commerce. Bricks and mortar, Mm, maybe not yet. Yeah, well, in fact, uh, Aventus was our stock of the day today, speaking of property exposure. it uh, came out with a trading and dividend update, and we had Chumbay Lu and uh, from Trebekah Investment and Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners take a look at Adventus. Let's have a listen. 
say that um, uh, this company actually has managed the, the lockdown pretty well because of the location of its centers and, uh, you know, less CBD centric and the like. And the rent collection is looking very strong. Um, and so because the interest rates being so, so low, the asset value just keeps growing. Um, relative to this one, I'd much rather to be um, buying the likes of the center group um, because these are the ones that are trading a much bigger discount to its asset value. And most of its portfolio has been impacted by uh, the lockdown and the pandemic. Look, certainly um, if you take the backdrop of higher inflation and numbers starting to move, uh, you know, with inflation, you, you do want to be close to some property uh, stocks or property market stocks. Sort of agreeing with uh, Jumbay, I think that it is right to be looking at the larger ones because the larger ones, Centre Group and, you know, there's, there's Stockland even, um, you know, they, they haven't really run as hard as these ones have. But I agree with Jumbay, I want the big ones and I want the ones that are in the city centres that haven't really seen that take up haven't really seen that traffic foot traffic coming through. And we know that that potentially, fingers crossed, that this all comes through and Christmas is going to be a good trading period for a lot of retail stores. Hey, so Aventus for Adam and Jumbe, not going in the portfolio. Not today. So, um, Annette, a lot of central bank action this week, of course. It's, with, uh, more it to sure come. In was. fact, uh, oh, we well, take a look goodness. what happened in Norway. We're talking about yeah. taper. No, we're actually talking about rising rates. They did, they did hike, although having said that, that was fairly well telegraphed. So they just delivered what the market was looking for, in case you didn't catch that. That was um, Norges Bank or Norway. I guess the new news is they basically said, look, we're going to keep tightening until we get to 1.25. So overnight, they've kicked off with 25 basis points and there's five more to go over the next year so that's pretty aggressive and speaking of aggressive i thought the boe was pretty uh pretty punchy and this is the first time i've heard in quite some time that for them tightening you don't even need to finish tapering you just start tightening uh so that was the new news for me and yeah cable got a bit Mm. of a tailwind on the back of that one so they could be raising rates by year end without necessarily finishing their bond purchases first yeah and of course we did get a bit more clarity just as far as the timeline for tapering and the status concerned from the Fed saying could start as early as November, could be finished by the middle of next year. Which is which is a punchy one. Uh, I got the clarity when I did speak to TD uh, yesterday. Apparently the meeting for the Fed is early November and their purchase program starts mid-November. So they can actually announce the tapering, which everyone estimates to be by $15 billion a month. So they can announce it early November, deploy it mid-November and then keep going. So that's eight months worth of taper. That's a little bit more aggressive than last time. But again, we didn't have a taper tantrum this time around. In fact, it's a bit of a whimper, not even... Not even a small uh, taper tantrum this time around. Mm. So let's see. It's, a, it's not a tantrum until it is. Let's face it. All right. So next week, what are we watching? Well, more movement just as far as the states is concerned. In fact, the debt ceiling. Oh, this, yeah. It's every year we go through this. Yeah, but, we do. Uh, of course, the government trying to avoid a shutdown. Is it a real risk? It's, it's a real risk. I mean, I've, I've seen in my 
past investment banking life, I've seen the government not meet some social security payments. It has not paid the bills before, but obviously not a good look when you're trying to stimulate the the economy and instill confidence. So at the moment, all the bills are due on Friday the 30th. They'd like that extended, so that's part one. Part two is the actual debt ceiling. The limit gets hit next month. So there's two deadlines to negotiate. Now, while I just spoke with Bruce Wolpe, he said the bipartisanship for AUKUS was great, but then that just fell apart. The Republicans, of course, saying to the Democrats, this is your spending, you know, you you sort it out, not, not our problem. And that sort of brinkmanship is going to keep us in the headlines for weeks. All right, and something else to watch too, the outcome of Germany's election. Goodness, end of an era. Um, out goes Angela Merkel. How long has she been there? Seems I've, like forever, but um, I saw on well a timeline. She, I think we've had like six Australian and yeah. seven Italian prime ministers <laughs> over that time. Probably frame. a bad measure. Yeah. I would have thought. <laughs> well, yeah. probably. Uh, well, throw in Japan as well in terms of uh, the revolving door of prime ministers. She has been. I mean, love her or, or hate her politics, she has been the rock for Germany for decades. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess from an investor point of view, look, we are in the middle of September. We can expect uh, that, I guess, at least short-term volatility volatility to continue. You know, ongoing issues just as far as coronavirus, the Delta spread, mm. uh, supply chain constraints, inflation. All of that will remain on the on the agenda, I guess, with – yes, quarter end is coming. And so I suspect after a blockbuster round of June quarter earnings reports, the question will be, will September quarter keep that momentum? The answer will be no. And I suspect we'll get a lot of analysts saying this could be the catalyst for the correction because that price for perfection is starting to unravel. Well, you know what? Annette, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Time oh, to take a breath. Ship it in. It's been an absolute <laughs> roller coaster this week. We're here to bring you news as it drops, but uh, I've got a couple of fresh lemons to chop into with a gin and tonic, <laughs> and that's my afternoon sorted. Excellent. <laughs> Annette, have a good weekend. And to you, hope you have a great weekend. We'll look forward to seeing you and talking to you next week. Cheers. 8.30 Monday, we'll be here. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.